Welcome to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. Today, we have the social selling kink. Uh, he is a two-time LinkedIn author. He's a founder and owner of The Daily Sales. In case you don't know about The Daily Sales, he puts out some great memes. And welcome to the show, Daniel Disney. Oh, thank you so much for having me and a very kind introduction as well. I am super excited for our chat today. Yeah, us too. And there's so many things that you've done, you know, looking at your LinkedIn and obviously I see your posts come up pretty much every day. You've managed to sort of grow your following. So you've got over 800,000 plus LinkedIn followers growing by 10,000 um, every month. You've trained over two and a half thousand salespeople. You're the author and I've got the book in my hand, The Ultimate LinkedIn Sales Guide. And oh, sorry, The Million Pound LinkedIn Message is what's in my hand. And you're the number one most influential sales expert on LinkedIn in 2019, 20 and 21. So I sort of, you know, going through your book, you started out in IT sales. You talk about sort of doing a combination. You, you, you say actually you don't like cold calling or you don't like to be cold called, which is interesting because I'm like a massive cold caller. However, <laughs> you say it's a combination of, sending email, sending LinkedIn messages, and also cold calling. So, so your book, Million Pound LinkedIn Message, came out in 2019. And just before we started recording, we talked about how sort of you started having conversations with your prospects back then. Tell us a bit about that and sort of what you did, because so many people three years ago weren't really leveraging and using LinkedIn like they are today and they're still not at that level. So so tell us sort of what made you sort of want to stand out and be different and sort of how did you go about getting started? Yeah, no, great, great question. And just to sort of clarify, I don't like being cold called 100%, but I spent years <laughs> making cold calls. I have, and I've led and, and trained sales teams on, on cold calling. I, I certainly... I'm an advocate for the fact that it is a very effective form of uh, of prospecting. But as a consumer, if I get, and like a lot of probably my generation and, and younger generations as well, you know, when you get called from an unknown number, there is no way I'm answering that call. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so the concept of a cold call from a consumer's perspective, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to answer it. But as a, as a salesperson, I, I'm definitely a, an advocate. And, and sort of going back, I've worked in sales my entire working career. First job, um, through to to you know uh what i do now and when linkedin really started to to boom i sort of saw this opportunity uh this platform where i could find customers engage with them start to give value build relationships and as a salesperson it was like sort of in a nice way sort of money symbols in my eyes i saw this opportunity to leverage this platform to to sell and to sell better so that was why i started using it and Luckily, it was sort of a right place, right time quite early in, in LinkedIn's journey. And I've been able to use it to get some really good results. And now trying to help other sales teams and salespeople leverage it the right way. I think the key bit being I didn't go into the platform trying to sell to anyone and everyone, trying to spam people. I took my experience as a professional salesperson who wanted to help people and just figured out how I could use LinkedIn to do the same, find the right people, send the right messages, start the right conversations and go out there trying to not sell products, but solve problems. Mm. I mean, you're coming up to, oh, I know, in a couple of years, you'll be up to nearly a million followers, which is, we're with royalty at the moment, the social selling king. <laughs> I think I think that that's incredible. Two and a half thousand people you've trained. So there must be a million things that you've learned, hated or been frustrated with probably going through that process. 
And I guess my main question that's what I wanted to ask, before you were royalty, when you were back in your kind of sales starter or kind of the lower stages in your career, what, what do you wish that you knew to begin with? Or what do you think would have really jump-started if you'd had that knowledge at the beginning? Do you know what? I think the biggest thing I wish I knew, I did learn through trial and error, but I wish I knew more about the power of the personal brand. I was creating from very early on my LinkedIn journey. So I always saw the value in it, but maybe not as much as it kind of is now in the sense that, you know, building your brand, being a a creator on the platform does so much for every other part of the sales uh, process. So it helps you get more replies to your messages. It helps you generate inbound leads. It helps you build stronger relationships, longer lasting relationships. And again, I was lucky that I kind of was going down the right path and my, you know, sort of gut instincts luckily took me down that, that sort of road. But perhaps if I'd seen the potential and knew how to do it uh, a bit more effectively earlier on, then maybe I would have got there quicker. But luckily, mm-hmm. again, I, I sort of saw that that was where, you know, the, the potential lied. Uh, and that's definitely where the biggest opportunity is for, for sales teams and what I see so many salespeople missing out on. Um, and it's, but it's a big, it's a big bridge and it's that bridge between sales and marketing. You know, salespeople, they make cold calls, they send emails, they're out there selling. A personal brand is very much a marketing activity. And so it's quite alien for a lot of salespeople. And, you know, salespeople don't know what content to create, how to create it. You know, they've got this sort of sales mindset. I need to sell, uh, sell something. And it's that process crossing that bridge. And I know it because I crossed that bridge. I went from salesperson to, you know, uh, creator. Um, it's a, it's a tough bridge to cross. And, and that's why, you know, again, got to try and help them cross the bridge. Yeah. And I'd say a lot of marketeers that I kind of work with are fantastic at marketing a brand or a business. But when it comes to marketing yourself, it can be a hard task and it's something that you have to keep working on. But I think it's fascinating that salespeople almost acting with these marketing strategies to build up their own brands, which it's a, it's a term that we're hearing more and more every day. I think we can all agree it's personal branding. And I think people were doing it in the past, but now it's kind of almost a study, a term, and it's just becoming more and more popular. It- it's a buzzword that some people, you know, that maybe understand or, or kind of dismiss it. Um, the reality is everyone has a personal brand, whether you want to admit it or not. We all have a personal brand. Um, if you're not active, then, you know, you have a very low personal brand. But if you are, you have an opportunity to, to leverage it. Absolutely. And I can totally agree with what you're saying there about I'm a salesperson, I'm an active seller. And it is very difficult for salespeople to sort of look at themselves as marketers to start talking about the sales process because you know the sales has has typically had a bad name and it's had a sleazy reputation so when I speak to other salespeople you know I put a lot of tips on my LinkedIn I talk about you know what to say on a cold call what to write in an email but I've only been able to do this in the last 18 months and before then there's no way I would have been doing that kind of thing it's just you know that shame and um, are people going to judge me? But I actually want my prospects and clients to see what I'm saying. And I want them to know that I'm looking to solve their problems. I'm not looking to push my service on them, my product, if they don't need it, if they don't genuinely have a problem to solve. And I think that's the big differentiator. And, and it's the same for all platforms. Good salespeople and bad salespeople, you know, they, they end up performing the same. So on the phone, good salespeople will be successful you know, poor salespeople will probably struggle. And it's the same with LinkedIn. Those that go out there trying to sell 
and send non-personalized spammy sales pitch messages are going to struggle. And those that just reshare corporate content with absolutely no value, again, they're going to struggle. But the salespeople that look at this as an opportunity to think, right, how can I use this to help people? So when I send a message, what problems can I solve for them? How can I make this message about my prospects or when they share content? How can I give value through my content to my prospects? Those are the salespeople that get it right. But as you say, for and again, I, I, I was there myself as a salesperson. It is, and when I look back to when I first started creating content, you don't know what to post or how to post it or when to post it. And it's, <laughs> it's a very tough, again, tough bridge to cross. The best way I can describe it. And, you know, I'm starting to really focus on how can I, say hold hands but support people across that bridge help build their confidence help them understand how to use it because uh, i'm sure you've obviously been through the same journey once you understand it like learning to ride a bike then off you go you're confident creating content you know how to give value and that's where the results really lie yeah and there's one it's page 78 of your book uh looking there's one message that you put out there which is looking for leadership insight. So you want to contact your prospect and say, you know, I'm looking for some information. I'd love to get your ideas around a particular subject, something that's impacting their industry. Would you be able to contribute? You know, that really stood out to me as that's a totally non-salesy message. You know, you're looking to get value and insights from them. You're helping them again rather than saying, let's have a conversation. Let's book a meeting. I think my product can help you. It's a funny thing because it, in some ways, some people might look at it and call it a hack or a, a you know a tactic. And the reality is, I, I don't go out there trying to you know find these shortcuts or sneaky ways in. It's it's got to be a win 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 in, in any sales conversation, sales relationship. It has to be a win for them and a win for you. And, and messages like that. You're trying to give them value. You're trying to give them something, and in return, you know you, you hope to get something as well. But Again, that's the differentiator between the salespeople that truly want to help. And I think as sales continues to change and the sales landscape continues to change, those are the salespeople that are going to succeed now and into the future. The ones that genuinely want to help their prospects. And LinkedIn is just a fantastic place for salespeople like that. Yeah, it really is. And this, you, you sort of segued into the next question now that we've got for you. Sales is constantly changing. We, we're seeing that now. What do you think is going to have the biggest impact on sales for the future? So we're seeing personal branding taking precedence, but what what might be coming post-personal branding? Ooh, that, that's a really good question. I think we've got a good three to five years where personal branding is going to continue to be sort of quite a centerpiece in that sort of change in, in sales. What I think, and it's it's already a big part of the change, but I think it's going to last a bit longer than personal branding, is video. Video is already changing sales a lot but it's still early days and the vast majority of salespeople haven't even started leveraging video yet and that's going to have the biggest long-term impact i think video will ultimately be the main form of communication whether it's cold video emailing cold video messaging i think as a as a means it will become the go-to above cold calling above you know written emails and, and written messages and again 
<laughs> for for salespeople, for a lot of salespeople who you know never sent a video, recording your first video is scary. I remember it. I remember <laughs> I used to I used to go out into my car so that no one else could hear me, no one could judge me. You know, sat there with my phone recording these video messages, and the the first, I mean, I'd be shaking, you know, getting a bit sweaty. Sorry, it's a bit gross, but you know, it's <laughs> scary doing things like that for the first time. And again salespeople need that support that coaching that training to become confident but i think that's going to be one of the biggest impacts in the future of sales how many takes did it take you on your first try oh about 18 18. (laughs) (laughs) at least you didn't quit that's the main thing (laughs) well that's it and it's still i I probably am down to four to five takes now it it never sometimes you get it right the first time but i mean I, I wish somewhere there must be these outtakes of the mistakes I make on videos, and I'm sure it's a very funny video <laughs> a, in itself. Do a yearly blooper reel that you can turn around <laughs> to your clients as well. That looks fantastic. <laughs> so I had a quick question. I know we were talking about sales acting more like marketeers with personal branding, and we've spoken to a lot of previous guests about how marketeers should start to act or at least understand what salespeople go through. So understanding the sales cycle, understanding the lead quality, understanding how the phone calls are, the solutions and the problems. And I think, you know, they're all really valid points. And we talk a lot about alignment between the two functions. So based on your experience and training all these people and working these different companies, how how close do you think the alignment is in general? And second to follow up on that is how could we make them more aligned? I love this question a lot. And I want to take uh, take you all back to the last um, sort of job I had as a sales director where mm-hmm. I ultimately had uh, sales and marketing in sort of under my umbrella. I was responsible for both departments and my sales manager and marketing manager hated each other. And I still got, I I look back Uh and I laugh now. It wasn't very funny at the time, but the amount of arguments and things that I had to, to solve with them and I have seen and experienced this, you know, sort of doing what I do now in, in so many companies and it's, it's funny. I think it is getting better, but yeah. I can't still believe the fact that it's, you know, it's still often not great in, in companies. And I, I understand why you've got two departments that, you know, have quotas that are attached and, you know, marketing is often targeted with, right, how many leads can you generate? So they generate a lot of leads, but usually that means the leads aren't great. So then the salespeople who are targeted with converting those leads, you know, if something goes wrong, pointing fingers at each other. And anyway, the problem exists. I think it is getting better slowly. And I think things like social selling are a, I'm using the bridge analogy again, a kind of a bridge between sales and marketing that is helping nurture that relationship because Hmm. salespeople are now seeing they need marketing help. Can you help us create content? Can you help us, you know, learn how to, you know, write good copy and and things like that. And marketing is starting to realize, do you know what? The way we've been doing things in marketing is, isn't is going to work on LinkedIn. So we need to change the way we do it. We need to help them with their personal brands because all these things are going to have an impact on marketing's results. And so it's it's helping that relationship. But I think ultimately it's down to the leaders and, and you know those who lead the leaders to put that as a focus. I don't think it's really been a focus for companies the way it should be. And having that collaboration is a game changer. When you do get it, when you do see it working, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it, it changes not just the dynamic of the company, but the experience the customers get. The customers will win at the end of it. And that's the most important thing. How did you deal with that scenario then? The marketing head and the sales head not getting along? Was there, was there a little trick? Did you put them in a room and close the door? Or how, did you, how did you deal with that one? 
Yeah, it's, it's one of the skills I've had and I, and from very early on in my career, my sort of first leadership roles. I'm good with people. I, I And it's what's helped me in sales as well. I understand people. I'm fascinated by people. So in situations like that, it's never been a stressful thing for me to just sort of get people down, talk, you know, really uh, take away all the walls, all the confusions and just have a human conversation, help everyone understand the situation and then look at the, the way we sort of move forward. So luckily it was never really too difficult to, to solve, but it always, a lot of it comes down to egos and pride. And I think when you can, you know, make everyone a winner, make everyone understand the, the end goal and, and things like that, it, it soon becomes easy to, to see through that. But I, I do understand how those situations arise. You've got sales and marketing, very, you know, competitive roles, departments, tasks. And again, with targets and things like that, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a surprise that they clash sometimes. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And now sort of looking at sales and marketing, what do you think should stop tomorrow if it was down to you? Ooh, uh, competing. I don't think sales and marketing should compete. And I think companies need to look at the way they are targeting um, and incentivizing both departments. You know, marketing need to generate leads. Okay, make sure your targets are set around the quality of the leads and the conversion of the leads and, you know, maybe incentivize the marketing department with rewards around those conversions. And the same with the sales team, make sure they're accountable for proactively contacting them, being quick to contact them. You know, they are doing the right thing as well. I think if you can have both departments doing the job the right way and collaborating, so including them together in meetings. So when sales have a meeting, involve marketing. When marketing have a meeting, involve sales and kind of, encourage collaboration that would probably be it that's that's the the short answer to the long answer i just gave encourage collaboration that's how i'll summarize it (laughs) no i I think yes you're saying targets encouraging collaboration getting them closer together understanding what they do is there any particular really good examples you've seen of this in action in businesses you've worked for i i have again and it comes down to that collaboration piece when marketing and sales truly work together you know, sometimes they they are together. If you can have them in the same room, even better. Obviously, if you're working remote, again, involving them in the, the team meetings, in those virtual conversations, um, it is that true collaboration where marketing genuinely want to help and they're interested in how they can do their job better and how they can get the best quality leads for the team. How can they support the team on platforms like LinkedIn? And the same with sales. They appreciate the challenges marketing face and so they want to help marketing by educating them on the conversations they're having on the front line. What are we hearing from our customers that might, you know, impact the marketing we put out there? That's that genuine collaboration where both departments actually want to work together and it's not a, a, you know, a blame game or a finger pointing game. That's where it works really well. And a lot of that, again, is always going to boil down to leadership, good marketing leaders, good sales leaders, and then good CEOs, directors, revenue officers, whatever it may be, always starts from the top. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Trickles down. Don't want to say trickle down economics because people think that half works and half doesn't, but hopefully trickle down sales <laughs> and marketing does work. Um, and that's kind of the takeaway message. But no, Daniel, thank you for thank you for this conversation so far. I wanted to ask, and one thing we always ask every guest is one killer tip. I know we've already spoken a lot about kind of the collaboration and personal branding and content, but if you were to punch out one tip for our audience to listen to and take away, what would it be? Do you know what? We've talked about personal branding and that's a whole big area in itself. What I would, my biggest tip would be 
take personal branding and add a layer of credibility. The biggest thing and mistake I see people making now is they go heavy on personal branding, which is great, but they focus too much on the personal side of things, which is fine. You're going to make a lot of friends. You might increase your engagement, but unless you have that sort of anchor of credibility, you'll struggle to turn that personal brand into opportunities, revenue, business, sales, whatever it may be, leads. So take your personal brand and make sure you're going out there trying to be a thought leader, trying to give relevant value, trying to show that you, your business can deliver results. So personal branding, key part, 100%, but make sure you keep it balanced with a layer of professionalism, a layer of credibility, um, so that you are able to create a personal brand that people not only like, but they trust as well. I really like that. Yeah. And I'm not going to, well, I am going to mention the crying CEO. Um, you know, there's been a lot of, um, you would have seen that, obviously. There's, there's, you know, there's a lot of debate, isn't there? Is that a step too far? Um, and, and I think you put, you, you know, I really like what you said. And you're saying personal brand is important, but add that layer of credibility and yeah. make sure that you don't focus on it, you know, just for the dopamine hit, for the friend side mm-hmm. of things, but mm-hmm. um, position yourself as a thought leader. So, you know, if you're in sales, talk about you know how you can help and inspire other salespeople and um, talk about some of the problems that salespeople face as well but yeah I mean keep the balance between being personal and being professional I think you said it really well there Daniel it's it's confusing because we use LinkedIn and we'll put a professional post out and it will get you know lower engagement and then we put a personal post and suddenly we get loads of engagement so we think well clearly that's what we should be doing but the, the reality is it's, you know, you go too personal, you get friend zoned. People will like you, but they're not going to buy from you. If you go too professional, people won't take you seriously. And again, it's all about the balance. Yes, you might get lower engagement on the professional posts, but those will be the posts that create the opportunities. So it's about doing both. It's not one or the other. Let people get to know you, build personal relationships, but also show people that you're good at what you do and you do yeah. want to help people and you have value to give. When you can get that sweet spot in the middle, that's where you know the, the most success is to be had. Brilliant. Love it. We've come to the end. It's been a great show and there's obviously loads more questions that we have. So um, eventually when we go to video, um, Daniel, we would love to have you back and definitely would love to get my hands on your third book. It's going to be coming out (laughs) at the end of this year. It is. It's uh, it's nearly there, working hard to to get it finished. And again, that's going to be focused very much on helping salespeople, entrepreneurs, marketers, uh, build their confidence with content. Uh, definitely a big area. So hopefully I will have that out soon and I would absolutely love to come back. Fantastic. And to all of our listeners, uh, where can they find you, Daniel? Obviously on LinkedIn, Daniel Disney. Uh, obviously on LinkedIn and a standout name shouldn't be too hard to find. Look for the red t-shirt. Um, if you head to danieldisney.online, that's my website. And there is a 160 page free ebook for anyone. You can download it straight away. Just pop an email address in and it is yours to keep fantastic great stuff and as ever listeners uh, don't forget to leave us your feedback you want to give us a star rating and set the bell when we we have episodes every week and give us your feedback we'll see you on the next show thanks daniel thanks for having me